Welcome to the Tessa Van Wade Show. I'm back, and so is Ben. I am back. <laughs> you are back. Do we do we need to say, and so is Ben? I don't know. I kicked you off for the last time because I just had Drew Manning on here last week, and so that one's coming out th- this Tuesday, which will, you know, have been last Tuesday by the time this one comes out. Right. Right. I'm looking at you right now, and you're covered up like a grandpa, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're a little bit different location than normal. Yep. We are at, in our neighbor's house. Um, they have a very nice, quiet house right next door to our very loud house. Maybe we should s- explain that our neighbors aren't here. Yeah, we've taken over their house for the week because <laughs> they're out of town. Yeah. So they're they're not like tied up in their bedroom, back bedroom somewhere. They're like <laughs> No, but here in Hawaii, uh, our house, we live down by the beach, which is very hot. And our house is just... We just have screens, so it's always really hot, but you can hear everything in the neighborhood. All the birds. Their house, they have actual windows, and they have air conditioning. I'm pretty sure your mom woke up one morning the very first time she ever visited and was like so angry at all the birds, (laughs) which (laughs) is funny because most people are like, oh, it's beautiful. It's like a Cinderella moment, but- If, If I remember right, the first time she came here, it was- Oh, what time of year was that? It was the time of year we have we have cardinals, like like the red kind of cardinals here, which I never knew till I moved here. I didn't either. But they have very loud whistles. <laughs> what, what do birds do? They chirp. I don't know. They're very loud, and, and and it's a certain type of year, time of year, that they make this really loud sound, like right at the crack of dawn, like. You can barely even tell there's light out. Yeah. And, but we only have screens. So any noise that's happening outside is basically in your ear. I do remember it took me a while to get used to the uh, birds for sure. Yeah. Well, we sleep with white noise on too. So that helps us kind of drown out the outside noise. Um, yeah. But anyway, the house we're in now, um, it has all windows and it is, the AC is on and I'm freezing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to this. He's got a blanket wrapped around his legs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just got off of a podcast that I'm going to be the guest on for my books. Congratulations. That was exciting. Yeah, they're very sweet. That was a really fun thing. Um, But yeah, I... So I wanted to talk about something today. And once again, you've refused to tell me anything of what we're going to talk about today babe you're so much better not knowing it's amazing absolutely no way to prep for what we're going to talk about so hopefully it's interesting hopefully i can give you something hold on hold on let's just talk about for a second you prepping for something is that a thing that you do i don't Um, find that you're a prepper i guess not i don't know i prep (laughs) when we when we travel i prep i pack way early i torture everybody with getting in that out of the house quickly (laughs) just like any dad i mean that's kind of a dadism that is not a dad my dad was not like that at all generally speaking there's a i mean there's running joke everywhere that if you have like an eight o'clock flight the dad wants to be there at four (laughs) i don't know i think you're extra special uh yeah like if we ever, ever go on vacation I always know. I'm not fun to travel with, I don't think. (laughs) No. You always want to travel with me. It's too stressful. You are extreme. No, stop. Once we get to our location. Exactly. I'm fine. No, actually, I take that back. 
once we're sitting on the plane, I'm fine. Yes. But the whole like getting out of the it's house. It's the week before the traveling that is not well, fun. It's mostly the the morning of like getting everybody up and ready, getting into the car on time, getting to the airport, checking in, every all that stuff. Yeah. Once we're actually on the plane, I kind of go, okay, now we're on vacation. But by then I it's think- too late. I've already pissed everybody off and- <laughs> I think it's less about being pissed off and it's more about terrified of who you are at that moment because we don't recognize the normal Ben. (laughs) And I've told you before, like, maybe you guys should travel alone sometimes and just like go without me. Maybe you would enjoy it better. We we would not enjoy it better. I would enjoy my days before the travel better, but I would not enjoy that better. I think that, you know, it's funny because there's always in any relationship, there's two different kinds of people. And I think that there's good travelers and there's bad travelers. I think that you are a good traveler. I think that the days ahead, he's so, I, I kind of asked you at one point, I was like, what happened in your childhood? Oh, you don't even want to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Traveling for us. We had five kids in the, in the family and, uh, we had a, we had a family cabin, um, over in like the Monterey Bay area. Not my kind of family cabin. This is like a well, nice no, family cabin. It, no, it wasn't like your cabin. Like we had electricity. A- but a- anybody who doesn't know my cabin, it's it's literally it's in the middle of the woods, and it's as most cabins are. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, your cabin is in the <laughs> middle of the woods. Yours wasn't. Was well, it? It was. It depends on, it's still it the woods. It could be a lake cabin. Yours was like up in the pines. Mine was in, it was in the woods. It just wasn't like at elevation where you would have pine trees. Yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway, it wasn't like a really nice cabin. It was just kind of a structure. So anyway. one, one time I asked him, I said, you know, I go, what happened in your life that made made getting ready for a vacation so stressful? Like who, what is this? Like, why, why do you become this? Like, I call him the Tasmanian devil because he comes in and he starts worrying around. (laughs) (laughs) That was animal from the Muppets. Oh, well, how does the Tasmanian devil sound? I don't know. I I mean, I do. If you don't know, then you can't say. It sounded a little bit more like animal from the Muppets. Let's just say it was the Tasmanian devil. But I'm just saying you, that's who you remind me of when you come through the house. You're just like. I am definitely a tyrant. And I'm kind of like, you'll be looking at me going, wait, you explain what I'm like. Mostly you're just sitting there (laughs) while I run. Trying to stay away. No, no, no. What's funny is when it's just me, I get everything done. Come on, man. I am a doer and I get things done. But Well, you're you're of the mindset though, and I I kind of I'm jealous of you for this. Cause I think your mom taught you this. You're of the mindset of if I forget something, I can just buy it <laughs> when we're there. Like if I forget my pillow, yeah. I'll just buy another pillow. Or if I forget or my I'll charger, yeah. I'll just buy another charger. For me, like, I know that's an option, but it's not. <laughs> like, if I forget my charger, I don't have my, I don't have a charger. You'll just go without like, your phone. I, I don't think about the fact that, you know what? I'm a grown up now. I actually can't afford to, like, 
fix this problem. If, I'm if pretty that sure that my mom purposely forgot sweaters sometimes when she would go to Disneyland just so that we would have a reason to buy those Disney sweaters with like a goofy on the back. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. You, you pack to go somewhere and you pack everything you own yeah. just in case you need it. Um, and then you end up buying stuff and you have too much stuff when you come back. Yeah. Rather than like, that's why I'm saying I, I'm kind of jealous of you in that regard because you're like, well, whatever. I'm going to remember the important stuff. I will. Like the kids. Yeah, but I think that comes from, and you and I have kind of talked about this and figured this out over the years, that comes from the fact that I actually do mostly remember everything. And I think that you actually sometimes forget things. And so you've kind of gotten into this fear of like, what will I forget? Well, right? just going back to my childhood family trips, we would go to my cabin in the summer, like a couple times a month and we would pack everything we owned. Wow. Like it, the van was ridiculously packed with everything you could imagine. <laughs> and it was at a place where you couldn't just go and buy stuff. So I don't know if that's what built into it. I'm sure that I'm over-exaggerating yeah. just based on my remembering my yeah, your memory mem of yeah. it is probably mm -hmm. skewed as a you know an eight-year-old boy right but it to me those long trips it was like a probably like a four or five hour drive every time I just I don't remember it being very easy going not that we didn't have fun but my family <laughs> we have fun with the stress mixed in <laughs> You know, it's not, it's not a family trip unless we're fighting and yelling at each other. <laughs> I do. We've talked about this before because I do think that it is just a personality trait. Right. Um, but that actually leads me into what I wanted to talk about today, which is, and you're going to laugh because you and I have had this big conversation before about the fake it till you make it thing. Okay. okay. It, yeah. Yeah. So the reason you mean I the thing we've been doing our entire life. <laughs> We're doing it right now. We're on a podcast. What? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there. The thing of it is, is that like we're on a podcast, giving advice. To <laughs> we're people. giving advice. Well, I don't think so. I think we're just kind of like. Well, that's what I mean, though. Being we're like idiots. we're we're talking about life and um and stuff, and I, I don't know. Are, are we saying, qualified for this? Uh oh my gosh. This is why we're going to talk about this. <laughs> Holy crap, Ben. I mean, I uh, guess we're qualified. We have a couple of microphones. So listen, listen. The fact is, is that that what I have learned, and this is why I want to go into this, because I think there's a lot of people that need to hear this. I think that what I have learned is that people use that phrase, fake it till you make it. And we have a certain connotation with that phrase. And some people agree with it. And some people don't, but what I have learned is that anything that you do consistently, habitually, and you actually force yourself to do it, even if you don't believe it at first, becomes a belief eventually. Well, I, I think that the word fake it suggests that you're some kind of uh, fraud. Right. You but, know, I, I think it's a misnomer. I, I think that it's, it's not really faking it. It's just try, try, try again until you right. succeed. Right. Right. Well, and you know, it's, you know, looking back on the, one of the first times that I ever trained anybody back in Ventura, I remember thinking what in the world I had my, uh, NSCA 
certification. I had everything that I needed to do, but I remember training people and being like, oh my God, you, when are they going to figure out that I'm a total phony here? Do you remember when you first started training and you trained me <laughs> and I was so out of shape and I had, a, I used to, I used to do professional photography. So I had a wedding shoot and I literally had a wedding shoot in like two weeks. It wasn't that close. And, <laughs> and we did some kind of circuit training and my legs were so sore that like a week and a half later at the wedding, I couldn't squat down <laughs> to take pictures. I had to like get on my knees <laughs> and I'm pretty sure for the first two weeks that I was training with you, I was puking in the backyard. Well, okay. Okay. My version of the story is that you walk in and I look at you and I say, Ben, just an FYI, you're walking in on my workout. Like you're, you're not, I'm not just training you. You're walking in and you're joining me on a workout and you haven't worked out for years. So that, that step up over there with the 15s on the top, you might want to, you might want to go down or no, I think I had 20s on there. You might want to go down to like the 15s and no, you're like, I, th I think here's how it happened. And you're you, like, hold on. You, had you were 20s like 20s and I was going to go 30s because <laughs> I can't just do, I can't just do what you're doing. I have to be heavier. I, right. Right. And so we get into the circuit and we get pat, we get to the end of the circuit and I look at you and you're green. <laughs> That's true. You are green. So you go out and you puke in the back. And I, we had literally had that argument of me telling you to go lighter because it's very different when you're stepping up and, and pressing overhead than if you're just pressing overhead. It's see, a very I, big difference. I think this is when we were about 30, 30-ish, 30 right it, around late early, 20s. early 30s. I think it was early, early 30s. 30s. I still, and to this day, I still have this mentality that I'm still 18. <laughs> I can still, I know, like I can still jump off roofs and I can still run totally. like the wind. You've had back surgery. And, well, that's partly why I've had back surgery because <laughs> I don't realize my own limits. Yeah. Like the other night we were doing a jumping com competition in the house. <laughs> of course we were. And you and the girls were jumping. We have these. Hold on. Wait a minute. So I work out. I worked out in, in the house and <laughs> I was like, girls, can you guys do long jumps? So we start, we have these big tiles. How big are those They're tiles? 18 inch tiles. They're 18 inch tiles. And so I was like, girls, how many, how many tiles can we jump across? So we start doing long jumps and Ben. Would you call them long jumps? <laughs> like standing jumps, like two feet on the ground. You can't like run and no, jump. you it's can't like run a standing jump. Correct. And so the girls and I are doing it and we're getting like four. We're getting like four tiles. I think it was like three. Whatever. Anyway, we're and then I look over when Ben goes, all right, everybody. And like <laughs> pulls his coat or coattails up, whatever Co he goes. What? Coattails? <laughs> Here we go again. Coattails. <laughs> Is that the same? I don't know. Yeah, I just, you were like moving your shirt up, getting ready to like come over. I got and up like... and started stretching and moving a little bit because I had been, I, I tied rebar all day. So I bent over all day. I was pretty sore. So yes, I had let's to like, tell all the excuses. I had to like loosen up uh -huh. my hips and my legs because, you know, I was tired from the day. Yeah, totally. But I was, I was confident 
that I could jump at least six. Yes. You guys were doing three. I could double that. Easy. Right. I think I did four. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but I still did more. You still. <laughs> but I swear in my mind, I could do double that. I know. I knew I could do double that. And when I didn't, I was like, that's weird. Babe, why when you stood up. Why I, didn't my body move further than that? When you stood up, I was like, oh, man, he's really going to show us right now. Like, no, when you when I stood up, you were like, Ben, you can't do this. You I, had well, back surgery. Yeah. You shouldn't do this. You're going to hurt your back. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm pretty confident that I'm not going to hurt myself. And I did not hurt myself. Thank goodness. Um, This time. <laughs> but... I definitely didn't jump as far as I thought I was going to jump. Right. So I, I, you, I typically don't know my own limits. Now, since I've had Burke's, Burke. Did you give birth? Burke surgery. <laughs> since I had back surgery. Yeah. I have learned that there are certain things that I can't do because I can't go through that pain again. No, you were in but, horrible pain. Maybe sometime we should talk about that. Holy eh, mackerel. Yeah, relive that, that hell. But, but uh, yeah, anyway, I, I don't. I typically don't know my own limits. I don't know how we got into that because we were talking about- You're talking about training. The, oh yeah, training. And and he, you know, it's interesting because the reason I say I didn't know what I was doing when I first started training, but yet I knew a lot about the body and I knew a lot about getting fit because I had worked my body to the point of trying to be that. And so it is interesting because I think that, I think that, it's really important to talk about fake it till you make it and how actually it is important to be willing to do that sometimes because we're not going to know. I, th I think we're, we're not going to know how to do everything perfect when we first pick something up. We're not, I mean, I'm still in the fake it till you make it on my writing. I'm still in the fake it till you make it on being a mom. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, I think the parent thing, it, it it evolves. Yeah. You have to evolve with it. You know, yeah. raising a baby is different than raising a teenager. Yeah. So you kind of do have to fake it. Um, well, what made me even start to, to talk about that or even think about that this week was I was thinking about one of the things, one of the rules that you and I have kind of stuck with. Or I don't even know if you've been a part of this rule. It's been a part of my rule in my marriage to you. Um, I, I watched some family members and stuff, uh, kind of talk to their significant others growing up pretty harshly and talk about them behind their backs and talk about them to friends and, Who? and just some family members oh, 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 and everything. Gotcha, okay. And so what's interesting is I, you know, we've also had, we've also had groups of friends that in the past, you know, have, have talked poorly about their significant other or anything like that. And, or I've heard it from, you know, everybody, right? I think it's fairly common for, I mean, I don't want to make a, a huge sweeping statement, but it's fairly common for men to be like, Oh, the old ball and chain. Yeah. <laughs> and for women to be like, he's so lazy, never cleans up, or, you know, <laughs> just the, gen the, those, uh, you know, common. Well, and the fact that you said that it's pretty common is, is, well, I wanted to do a podcast on the idea of maybe we should make it a little less common. And the reason I even say that is because one of the things is, is growing up kind of hearing that I, 
I actually kind of made a point in my head that it started with, you know, it started with when we were first married and we didn't have kids. I really, really wanted to make an effort to always build you up and always, you know, and always build you up to other people and everything like that. What's funny, and the reason I even say this is we're not talking about when you have a problem and you need to go talk to somebody specific about it, right? We're not talking about when you're in a marriage and you really need to go and figure some things out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the daily the daily routines and the way you speak to your significant other and how we can easily get into a clip of saying negativity to our spouse or saying negativity to our significant other. And I feel like part of the aspect that I've learned over the years of being a personal trainer is I'm teaching people constantly that what they do every day is you have to speak those words to yourself that you don't necessarily believe, right? You have to speak those words to yourself constantly that you don't necessarily believe. And I'm not meaning that you don't believe in your spouse. I'm meaning that we get into habits where we're speaking poorly about people. And then it's really about if I'm constantly saying nice, nicer things to you or trying to build you up or whatever. And as long as I'm getting that re that reciprocated, it is funny how it becomes nature to do that. And that's what I'm getting to. Right. Yeah. So the, the idea is that it's kind of, it's no different than the, the power of positive thinking when you, right. when you think positively, even in times when it's not positive. Correct. Um, you can find the silver lining and it's the same thing if if you focus on people's good qualities yeah you're less apt to target their their bad ones well and it's you know it it's such a it at first it can be a struggle right if you if you naturally constantly think negatively right negatively then you change your viewpoint to constantly trying to make your habit now because we just forget how important our habits are. We forget that our, and we're not even going down into the depths of, we could, we could easily go down into the depths of what we need to work on in relationships and all of that stuff. But just one change of, of not being condescending to your spouse or in one change of not being negative towards your spouse, but rather learning their love language and learning how they hear things, you know what I mean? And, and kind of getting into a habit of that being your first process, right? Yeah. I, I mean, f we've been married forever and I have, we were our first love. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of like we were married when I was still in college and there's a lot of things that I could, I could focus on the fact that, well, because I got married so early, I missed out on, you know, having really good quality college roommates or college friends Yeah. or through my twenties. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that men in particular feel like, like just the other day, um, just for example, we had a really hard day at work 
And it was like one of those days where we're like, hey, let's let's go to the bar after work and have happy hour, have a couple of beers. Yeah. Right? So I went and had a couple of beers. I texted you and I said, hey, I'm I'm stopping at at the Harbor House and I'm going to have a couple of beers with the guys. We had a rough day. So you're like, cool. And I came home and, you know, it was cool. Well, then the next that Friday, I was invited again after work. It was a Friday after work. They wanted to go and have some beers on the beach. And I was like, no, I can't do that. Why? You know? Well, I didn't really want to, first of all. Okay. But second of all, I've been working a lot lately and I want to come home and spend time with you guys because I've been yeah. getting home late, um, falling asleep early. And uh, and that's my job. Right. Like my job is to spend time, quality time with my family. I, I, hide that, I, I hold that in very high regard. So their response is like, oh yeah, well you, you got the pass the first time, but can't oh, go again. And it's like, yeah, it's like, no, that's, that's, and not, I hadn't even said anything. Yeah. I didn't even ask you. Right. Like I don't, I don't need to ask you. Right. I didn't even like mention it to you. I just, I made that decision on my own Yeah. because I enjoy spending time with my wife and my family. Right. And I just want to get home. But and again, imagine if, imagine if you would come home from a busy day at work and I was the kind of person that would be like, well, you haven't done this and you haven't done this. And I was, you know what I mean? Like it would be different if that, if you, if you were receiving something a little different when you came home. Yeah. But I, I guess my point is that it's, it would be easy for me to, you know, hearing men say that to me going, you're right. I should be able to go and have a beer whenever <laughs> I want. You know, and I think that is a, a, a a trap that a lot of people fall into feeling like they're being held back from doing something. Right. Um, and I'm sure there are cases where they are held back from doing something in a, in a toxic relationship, but um, it can be a mentality that people fall into that. What am I not getting out of this? Right. What's being, what's being taken from me versus like, okay, well, I'm sure there's, there's, we were, we were talking the other day at lunch. There's a couple single guys and one of the, one of the guys that has like six kids is like, so what does it feel like to leave your house in the morning? And when you come home at night, it looks exactly the same. Oh my gosh. It's not trashed. You know? I have no idea. And like, it's, it's easy. I think it would be really easy for people, for people, if you want to focus on the negative parts of having you know, kids, kids and, yeah. and a wife or, or a spouse or whatever, a family, people that you live with, uh, it'd be like, oh man, it's, it's easy to think of how nice would it be to not have that mess. Yeah. But then, then they start talking about how lonely they are. Right. And you realize that, you know what, despite all of the challenges in having relationships, it's so worth it. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, very fortunate yeah. to have people in my life and not come home to an empty house. Yeah. And that far outweighs anything that I may miss out on. Yeah. Because of it. Am I making sense? Yeah, totally. I I think that what I think that what we I think that what we have realized is that I want to go back to the habit of the habit habit forming and how you have made a habit 
of, okay, so I went out with the guys and had a, had a beer the other day, but your habit is to actually, if we get down to the nitty gritty, and I really appreciate this about you, your habit was to think about me on the second time and to think about the girls on the second time and realize, you know, I've been out for a long time. I've been, I deserve this, like all this. And so your habit was already formed to think about your family. And that's amazing. Well, too, like going and hanging out on the beach with a bunch of single people is not me. That's not my world. That's, that's not what I do. Right. So it, it doesn't even sound fun to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's fun to them. Um, but it's like, it's not even a question that that's not something I want to do. Yeah. Uh, in, in that situation, like going, I'd rather take you with me. Right. And we can hang out and I can introduce you to them. Right. I'm, I'm not going to go and, you know. Yeah. But I think again, going back, that comes from going back to my original thing, which I wanted to talk about was the, the habits that we form about talking bad or talking condescendingly or talking negative to our spouses. I realize that there's a lot of depths to a lot of different relationships please understand that I'm talking about a very surface habit style, right? Of just creating the habit of, I don't always think negatively towards you or condescendingly or speak condescendingly to you. These are habits that we can get into. And I think that we, the reason you want to spend time with us is because when you come home, we do have a really good time. And but I think too, the the people that you're closest with are the people that you can be the most real yeah. to. And I think that generally speaking, the people that you love the most are the people you tend to treat the worst sometimes. Right. Like there are things that I would say to you that I wouldn't even say to a stranger. Right. Because for some reason, saying it to a stranger is rude, <laughs> but saying it to you is like, yeah, because we're going through life together. I mean, we have to talk about these things and we, so I think it's, it's can be common for people to treat those they love even worse than a stranger. Yeah. And, And that's the habit that you're talking about. And it's, it is easy to fall into that habit, I think. Yeah. There's a, there's a running thing of when you're in the, when you're in the business that I am of that, everything has to start with a forced decision. So you're you, the, way, the way you eat or the way you think about yourself or the way you see yourself in the mirror has to be a forced good talk. For example, I am amazing. I am beautiful. I appreciate my body. I appreciate that I'm strong. I appreciate, do I always believe these things? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I wake up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I'm like, you're such an idiot. Oh, why? Like my, my first thought is like, ugh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So do we need to have a therapy session right now? Oh God, no. I mean, no, I I, I think I have a pretty good, healthy view of you myself. You have a healthy view of yourself. But I do tend to like, I do sometimes 
tend to focus on the negative pretty easily. <laughs> well, that leads me into, because I do think that there are certain personalities that do. And unfortunately, those are going to be the personalities that have to work a little harder at what I'm saying. But we're talking about just, let's say, if I was going to put it down, one rule, you have to start it. You have to fake it till you make it. And you have to start with, I'm going to talk really good about myself. I'm going to say, I can write this book. I can do this. I can put this together. I can make it happen. I simply need to put the words on the paper, right? Or whatever job that you have or whatever relationship. And and I, I'm talking about that in relationships as well. My husband is amazing. My husband is fabulous. My husband is great. Or I am great in this relationship. It's just a matter of good positive thinking as opposed to it being very specific about it you have to make it a priority to change your habits and unfortunately it's so difficult i don't even think we see half the time how negative our our voices are so fast and i don't even think we recognize how much that emphasizes it's that's emphasized in our relationships mm. you know yeah it it can also be a power move, I think. Um, power move. Yeah, I've I've been practicing this power move at work. Oh, I'm you know I'm I'm kind of I'm I've mentioned before, but like I'm I'm kind of in a little bit more of a leadership position, but I'm new. Yeah. So um, <laughs> one thing that I do is um, rather than demonstrating how good I am at something, which is really common in my industry, it's like guys try to show off how much they've, I've been doing this for 20 years. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I had, think that's normal. Yeah. I've had so many, so many guys tell me how good they are and how, how experienced they are. And then they end up, they just suck. You know, it's like, <laughs> clearly you're saying that because you, you're trying to be somebody that you're not. Well, it goes deeper into people's psyche, right? So, yeah. So what I'm doing is instead of Cause I can't stand that. I can't stand that. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an awesome framer or whatever it is. Um, so my power move is what I do is I will ultra compliment somebody else on how good they are. Yeah. Like, dude, you are so good yeah. at that. Wow. And, and it's not that you're being fake. You're no, really truly saying it in order to, I guess to I, help them. Yeah, I guess power move is kind of, it sounds like it's manipulating. It's not, it's not being no. manipulative. It's, it is truly like I'm being honest. About no, I it. remember you saying you, you, that you, that was working and you were, it was kind of changing your perspective well, because a little it helps bit. me to focus more on building up somebody else and demonstrating I know you're good at this because I'm good at this too. Yes, Ben. Okay, so you got exactly what I wanted to talk about today. And then That's like, exactly it. Oh, I like this guy. He like compliments me. And like, you know, you, you I get know this. that some people will immediately hear what I'm trying to say and they will be like, but my person is bad at this and blah, blah, blah. And we go into the negative list, right? I'm just saying that one of the steps of making a better relationship is changing your focus on the negative and putting it on the positive. And unfortunately, it's difficult at the beginning. You have to create it as a habit. But the problem is, is this is how it works. And we know this, in, like in our industry, we talk about it all the time. You start with something that is not, it doesn't feel real. And you say it to yourself, even though you know, but it comes from the root of knowing that it, it is true. It comes from the root of knowing that it is true. So you say it, until it becomes 
a habit to say the good thing, then you start to believe it. And it takes a while to start to believe it, but you have to start with changing your habits and you have to start with changing those negative habits into positive habits. I think that, I think it can be really, like I can do it for others. It's really easy for me to be like, wow, right. you're, you're, you have so many abilities and gifts, you know, that, that are great. What's hard is telling yourself that. Telling yourself and possibly your spouse that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why I wanted to go into it for this podcast because I think I think that's huge right now. I think that's huge in any relationship. And to just take it one step further, I was always really big on when I want once I had kids, I was always really big on that I don't want them to ever hear me speak poorly about their dad. I do not want them to ever have any part of my experience with Except Ben. Except for in like a joking way, because that's that's a thing. Uh, we, I mean, we joke a lot as a family, and we learn to not take it sensitively. But we're not we're not mean jokers. We we definitely joke, but we're not mean jokers. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that with my kids. It was always very important to me to never speak negatively about their about their dad because. I didn't feel like that's fair to put that kind of my relationship with you is very different than their relationship is going to be with you. Yeah. And if they're constantly hearing negativity about you from me, then they're going to believe those things. They are impressionable. They will take those in. It will sit with them regardless of whether I want it to or not. Well, and imagine too, I mean, you're, you're talking about that in a, in a relationship that is working. Yeah. Imagine how much harder it is for people to not bag on their significant other when the relationship is falling apart. Right. No, I totally and get I it. Think, I think that's where, you know, I see really cool stories about people that have split up, but they're, you know, obviously they have kids together and they still work together and they still support one another. And that's like, it's so rare. Yeah. But how great is that for the kids? Amazing. It's amazing for the kids. And... Our kids love you and they love you so deeply. And so I love to watch that because I really do believe that it comes from, it comes from you being a good dad, you being there for them and everything. But again, going back to the fake it till you make it, I think that sometimes we get in this fast way of life and there, the whole, you know, the whole talking bad about people can be such a thing. The whole gossip thing, the whole, all of that, it can, gossip can be done. Gossip is done on spouse or within groups, friend groups about spouses. And with, and I personally, I don't believe in that because I don't believe that we should be talking to our friends unless it's, obviously I'm in one-on-one -on -one with one friend and I'm going, Hey, I'm dealing with my, my life in this way. That's totally different. I think people generally know the difference okay. between gossip and- I just want to make sure that that's, it's completely different. I'm not saying you can't like confess things to people. I'm just saying that what we're talking about is that that top layer of, I simply need to change and transform my habits. Isn't isn't just a nice bit of juicy gossip just so good though? No! Sometimes. <laughs> It's like I have this information and I just have to say it, no. especially when it's about somebody who deserves it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. 
that's like a small town nightmare. No, like, I, no. I totally, I can totally relate. It's, um, I have, I have many situations in my life where I've been like, I've gotten into just talking bad about people mm-hmm. and then, then it comes back to bite you. Like yeah. you say to the wrong person and it, and it just really sucks and you immediately want to take it back. Right. But the cat's out of the bag. Right. Right. So that is something that you have to actively work on not doing. And it's hard because generally speaking, whenever you're in a group, what are you going to talk about? You're going to talk about other people and things that, you know, you've heard. And it's, it's hard to be the person who won't gossip. It is. You know, when everybody's gossiping, it's hard. I remember uh, we used to be in a a friend group years ago. Uh, We've since moved away from there. So we don't, we're not in that group anymore, but I remember that you always had a hard time because the girls or the women wanted to trash, not in like a really, really bad way, Yeah. but they kind of wanted to, to talk about their husbands. Yeah. Um, and you would always, typically you, you'd be like, oh, well, Ben doesn't do that. He's great. And they don't like that. They want you to join in. Well, that comes down that to being young and there's definitely a, I was, I was immature and, and didn't say things correctly. Like, I mean, there's definitely a sense of being there for somebody and, and not putting things out there that make it, you know, uncomfortable in the sense of, oh, hey, that mine's great. Like, yeah, you don't want to do that either. That just comes from, from, from my sense of that. But on the other hand, yeah, I think that. I think that overall, what I'm trying to say is that we need to remember in life, it doesn't always feel when we're trying to change our behavior and our habits. At first, it's very difficult. It does not come naturally. And it is hard work. And you have to be willing to do the work in order to have good relationships and in order to go after what you want. The fake it to you, what I'm trying to say in this whole podcast is that the fake it till you make it does not just apply to our fears. It doesn't just apply to us going after what we want and just, you know, the imposter syndrome and not knowing who we are in certain things. That's, that's one whole aspect of it, but it applies to relationships as well and making sure that we um, really, you know, that we really, we really start to speak to ourselves what we, what we want to see in this earth. Right. And, and, and what we want to see between each other. So I just, you know, that it just was important to me to kind of talk about this. So the, the fake it part (laughs) is, is I get that. Yeah. When is the make it? What do you mean? Like, where's the, where's the finish line on the make it, you know? Like, it it just feels like life changes so much that you're always kind of faking it. I think it's becoming comfortable with the idea that you are actually never going to make it. Yeah. Right? Life is about the journey, not the destination. Exactly. We could get super philosophical there. But yeah, like, I don't think that, I don't, I think that we will, I think that we see a, um, we see fake it till you make it as like a destination, right? Like you said, but the truth of it is, is like, we're just trying to find 
our voice and find who we are in this world. And it's going to change every 10 years. It's going to change every few years. It's going to change daily, right? But our essence and who we are never actually should change. Yeah, I I wonder if anybody else out there is like me. I'm sure there are. But like there's a there's a stage before the fake it, you know? where you actually have to decide what you're going to fake. <laughs> and for me, that's the challenge because I have this terrible uh, habit of being like, I'm not going to try something until I know for sure it's going to succeed. I know that is like, you. I have to have a hundred percent guarantee that it's going to succeed or I won't even attempt it. I know the problem with that is, you never attempt anything because you can never guarantee anything's going to be a success, nor can you be good enough at anything unless you try it. So that's my challenge is actually putting myself out there because I have this crippling fear of failure. You know? Right. Yeah. But, but the, the, the irony in it is that <laughs> you're a giant failure because you never try. Right. Right. You have this giant fear of failure. So you don't want to try anything because you might fail. But since you never try anything, you become a failure. Mm -hmm. So ipso facto, I'm a giant failure. Well, there's a there's a quote that I actually was just looking at for this podcast. And it says, do the thing you fear to do and keep on doing it. That is the quickest and surest way ever yet discovered to conquer fear. Yeah, I, I think anybody who has done anything that great. Was Dale Carnegie. I don't know who that is, but I, I, I think anybody who's ever done anything great obviously had to take huge risks to right. do it. And they weren't afraid of whatever failure that was gonna come. Um for me, it's like I think the mentality is that it has to happen a certain way to get to the, to the success. Mm -hmm. But I think people who are very successful realize that what you have to do is you have to make a, a choice to move forward Yeah, and, and know that it's going to, it's going to change paths right. here and there. We've, we've talked about this before. Um, so the, the end result may not be, will not be what you expect it when you start, but the end result, will be success. Yeah. And that's where I, I cannot seem to figure out <laughs> to get my brain to stop thinking about the process to just, I, I just overthink it. Right. You know? Well, it's, it's easy to overthink, I'm sure. But when you get comfortable with failure, that's the only time that you're ever actually going to succeed. Yeah. And that's, so you've got to be comfortable with failure in order to actually go after something. I mean, babe, you've seen me do it over and over and over again. I'm one of those people. I fear things. I really do. The only difference between me and other people, and I'm not saying I've succeeded in a lot of stuff. I'm just saying I'm still part of, I'm still okay with going after the failing process. I still am okay with failing. So I keep going after things and it, it, it sucks to fail or it feels like it sucks to fail. But I do think you kind of get to this point where 
when you're super solid in who you are and you're super, super solid with the idea that failure is just a part of the process, then failing becomes easier. It, it no longer, the word f failure no longer carries the same weight or the same connotations. I'm just, I'm so thankful I found you at an early age because I think that if I had to be like a grown up trying <laughs> to hit on women, I would probably be so scared of getting rejected <laughs> that I probably would have been like, you know what? I'll just stay single for the rest of my life. No big deal. Look, you and I, I have I talked cannot... about, we could not be single in this day and age. I, that would terrify me. I think that would send me, I, that well, we're would... just, we're just not equipped for it because we've been yeah. together for so long, but I, I think that you would do just fine. I, Honestly, no, I you, don't. you would do just fine. I, I'm sure I would too. You, you would, figure it out. We would somehow figure it out. But that's, that's something I think about is like, I don't know. There are, I've, I see men sometimes like at a bar or whatever. It sounds like I go to bars a lot. I never <laughs> go to bars. I see men hit on women, like at the beach yeah. or at a restaurant or, or whatever. And I see them crash and burn. And they like, they just walk away like, okay, well strike one. And then they'll go to the next woman. And like, it's like, I could never do that. That's so embarrassing. And what if I, can you like, just the thought of, of her being like, can you believe this guy? Like he thinks that he could hit on me. Like that is so scary to me that I'm, I'm so thankful that I don't have to do that. That but I have, that I have a woman here who cherishes me and adores me and I can't ever lose that because <laughs> I'm too scared of failure. But babe, I think that goes back to, can, I mean, we might need to do an entire session on trying to figure out why you fear things so No, what I think I need is, is some pretty major therapy. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, but it's also not funny. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I, you know, it's funny. It, it not, not that you need therapy, uh, but it's funny because that we all, we all see failure as such a big deal. And to me, failure is, a, is like the end of the road. No, and, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's a people step. like people like you see it as a necessary step towards success. To I want to be very, very clear that I don't love failure. Well, no, let's, that's not obviously let's be that's very, not what we're saying. No, I know it's not what we're saying. It's just I think that it's really important for people to hear, especially when, you know, yeah, I, I think it's important for people to hear that I I I still hate failure. That's not it. It's just I I figure it's part of the process. That's that's my point. People like you, people who like have big dreamers. Yeah they realize that failure is a unnecessary part in the system. Right. To me, failure is the end. Yeah. Like, that's it. You failed. <laughs> Quit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I know that's a totally bad way of looking at it's it. It's a paralyzing way of looking it at is. it. It is. And I, I, I say that knowing that it's wrong. But right. it's, it's hard to get your your brain to register that in the moment I, yes. that you're, or when you're about to fail or whatever yeah. you know, in, in an uncomfortable situation. The funny thing to me is that has to come from something so deeply seated in you because you, 
what I see and what I what I have as a husband and th- and as Ben is you're like seriously a jack of all trades that you, you can fix anything under the sun. You've got leadership skills. You are a great dad, a great husband. So you've got all these things, but it's like, it's kind of like we, in, in a way we, I was taught to kind of, uh, or I feel there were moments in my life that taught me to be small and somewhere in your life also there were moments that taught you to be small and I've just tried to actively work at resisting or not resisting what I feel but just kind of letting go of the idea that I'm supposed to be small and maybe just let things happen the way that they're supposed to happen so I think that you need to get to the understanding that you were meant to do something big and this is, and big is relative, but we're just saying like, you're meant to, you're meant to authentically be you. I I know. And I realize saying this, that I have this very privileged life. Yeah. I have you, Mm -hmm. I have healthy kids. I live in this amazing place. Yeah. But this doesn't, and I realize that I, I realize that I have talents and abilities. That's not it. It, It's not that I don't recognize my my abilities it's just i'm so terrified of attempting something big what's the worst thing that could happen they will literally point at your face and (laughs) laugh at you (laughs) and uh, it occupationally you get fired because you're a loser and you don't get paid and then you can't provide for your family, so your wife finds a much more attractive. Okay, younger really quick, I just want to talk to the listeners. Man. Just let's let Ben go down his spiral that he <laughs> usually does, and, and then, it's amazing. And then I'm, you know, fast forward a couple of months, I'm living in a van at the beach with all the <laughs> other guys that have lost their spouse because they were losers, and I developed this crippling alcoholism, and uh, and then eventually I lose the van. <laughs> and I'm homeless um, and begging on the street. And then one day I'm, I'm begging on the street and I see you passing by with your shiny new husband and, you're, shiny. <laughs> and you point at my face and you go, look at that loser. So somehow in what your vision, I completely change. That's yeah. the funny part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you not only go worst case scenario, it's it. It's so funny because this is a lot of what the second book, uh, Deep Trace of Mine, is all about, is about the stories that we create in our heads and how we can act, they can actually, and actually Out of the Shadows is a lot like that too, is a lot about that too, of how we can create these stories when we are actually going after something we fear and we're afraid of failure, we create these stories in our heads that become more monstrous and more evil than even could actually happen right and so it it, you know i think that it's funny to really kind of go into this process as a as a husband and wife uh because i mean i'm sure that there was a time in our relationship where we didn't always make sure to speak positively to each other and speak you know and all that i but I just want to re- refer back to the the way that I kind of actually have had to change my concept of myself, which is 
I have to start changing my habits and I have to start changing them actively in order to make them become real. Right now, it's okay to say things to yourself like, I will not fail or failure is just a part of the process, even though you don't believe it. But you have to continue to tell yourself that until you actually believe it. And the thing is, is I feel like people don't ever do it long enough to realize that that does actually happen. Yeah. You can actually change your process of thinking. You just have to be diligent at capturing those thoughts and immediately changing them from negative to positive. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to how to add to that. <laughs> well, you don't have to. <laughs> I'm, I, <laughs> I'm in the middle of doing that very thing. I know, which I think is so cool, though. I mean, you are doing it actively. I've seen you do it uh, for, a, I've seen you do this for a long you time. You know, it's funny. I, I think that, like, in my 20s, man, I thought I was awesome. <laughs> I had it all. You were awesome. I was, like, I was killing it, <laughs> right? And yeah. I think, I think too, it's it's just, I think it's a part of, um the aging process. I, I think that you go through, and I'm sure men and women um, have different, you know, aspects of this. But I was like, I was talking to one of my employees, my employees, one of my colleagues the other day. He's in his mid twenties, and man, he's he's a great guy. He's really good at a lot of things. And we were we were kind of joking, and he was talking about how confident, you know, I I'm confident in all the stuff that I do. I I know a lot of stuff. I'm like, yeah. I remember when I was your age and I knew everything too. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm in my forties and I realize I know absolutely nothing. And I'm, yeah. I'm just a drop in the ocean yeah. of talented people. I do think that there is a, it's, it would seem as though it's a revert, it's a reverting going on, but it's actually, I think that's a more mature way to look at it. If you can do it in a positive way, there is a maturity to, to believing that you don't have everything all together. There's a maturity in believing that you don't have to have everything all together. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, I think it's Socratic that the more you learn, the more you realize you don't, don't know. know. Correct. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of fun to be sitting in that. Yeah. And realizing that. And there's kind of a, um, there's something comforting in knowing that you don't have to know everything. Yeah. You don't have to always have the answer. Yeah. And that's what I'm learning to embrace, mm -hmm. you know? Like, just because I'm the older guy doesn't mean I have to know the best answer. The best leaders in the world know that they don't know all the answers. Right, right. That's the absolute truth. The best leaders in the world know that they're constantly going to learn from everyone and everything. So yeah, I, I think that just, you know, just to add a little extra little thing to the end of this of fake it till you make it. Okay. I think that it's important not to fake who you are while you're making it. No. Like for me yeah. right now, I'm kind of trying to fake it till I make it right now. Mm -hmm. And I've been grappling with this trying to do it in a way that other guys are doing it mm -mm. and realizing, no, that's not how I'm going to succeed. I need to fake it till I make it in the way that's that I'm being real and I'm Correct. being me. Well, you and I were just talking about this because I've been told for a long time before I was published that, right, that I needed to figure out who I was and what my style was. Otherwise, nobody would ever know how to put me out there or anything. The problem was is I didn't really know. So I kind of, 
I kind of was like curious, what is my style? And I would ask you sometimes, I'm like, what is my style? Well, you've you've written a romance. You've written... I've written... There's uh, romance in every book I've obviously written. Obviously, you've written a, a drama. You've written a horror yeah. book, which no, is like one of my favorite ones. What I was saying is I, I definitely figured... I figured it out. I, you know, I have... it. All of my books are based on you know, kind of real life situations that have surreal moments of it. So it's called magical realism, right? That's really kind of where it is. And you, but I was going to say that the biggest thing is in that we were just talking about it this week that I have recognized that a lot of authors are doing it in this way and this way and this way. And it all kind of looks the same. And I realized that that's just not my journey. That's not what it's going to look like. So authentically, I have to know who I am. Me say me constantly teaching myself to capture my thoughts and give positive encouragement to people and give positive encouragement, encouragement to myself that that never has to change who you are. You know, well, you it, it gets you through the day. Yeah, it does get you through the day. But anyway, I think we'll leave it at that, right? Is is we kind of realized that we, you know, I wanted to kind of dig deep into the, just the cycle part of it because I think this is where we learn the most. That is, even though it doesn't feel extremely believable, when you're saying it, you need to start thinking and be and being just start doing those those positive affirmations and just start doing those positive thoughts towards your spouse, towards your kids, towards your towards yourself, towards all of the, these kind of things. And I believe that that brings back eventually you do get to a place where you believe it. Yeah, it becomes a, a habit yeah. instead of a practice. Yeah. And then also the last thing is, you know, when you, f- when you feel, when you fear failure, then you are paralyzed. You have to get to a place where you're comfortable with failure. It is just a part of the process. And usually it leads you to the better moment. Usually it leads you to the better thing, right? Yeah. Because we're all on our own journey. And the fact is, is it may not look like everybody else's. It will so. not look like everyone else's. Exactly. That's, that's a guarantee. That is a guarantee. And guaranteed. fake it till you make it, but be your authentic. true authentic self. Uh. Don't be fake. <laughs> nice. Perfect. And with that, hey, feel free to go grab my book from uh, Amazon called Out of the Shadows. The second one is coming out at the end of the summer. I am also on Instagram at Tessa Van Wade. And you can find my our podcast, Tessa Van Wade Show, on the TessaVanWade.com. So, yeah, looking forward to it. See you guys later. Bye.